Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> Everything fucking feels racist to me. And I hate going places and there being like no other minorities there. And so everything around me feels like a fucking microaggression. Everything around me feels like triggering. Like if I go somewhere and there's too many American flags around, I'm defensive and now I'm getting scared. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. Who's that dumb person? That is uh, one of Randy Weingarten's prize students. And who is it? It's some woman who's oh, bitching about woman. some TikTok video. She's in there whining about oh, everything. Uh, she micro. Hate, anytime you say microaggressions, I want to uh, just shit all over she you. She hates America, you know, while she's looking at her iPhone and microaggressions. Expensive so clothes. Have I ever given you guys any microaggressions? Uh, yeah. Shut up. I think every day. <laughs> And that's a lie. Uh, ben Kitchen. Hi. Bill Smith. Hello. I'm Mike Adams, and this is the Planet Mikey Podcast, brought to you by... Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Pro Automotive. Oh, yeah. So course, you, what yes. you think I was waving my hand? I thought you were going with that other sponsor. You know. ProAutomotiveMA.com. Pro that's right. The finest in the industry of fixing your cars, and they do it right. They do it the first time. Where the MA well. stands for... Ma. Uh, and the three locations are two in Webster, one in Dudley, and probably one near you soon because they're that good. They're that good. Mm-hmm. ProAutomotiveMA.com. Get a, get an appointment. You got something wrong with your car. Seriously. Oh, don't make something happen to your car that you have something wrong. Don't cause the problem. But when the problems occur, and you have a problem, if your car has uh, some kind of affliction. But even if you deliberately cause the problem, they could fix it. Pro Automotive has the cure. <laughs> Bill's a little late to the party with the reverb. Leave me alone. That's okay. We're also sponsored by the greatest coffee cake in the world. I've sent these. I've, I've sent these out to my very. What was that? I don't know, but it's from Mars. You've gone into space, Mike. This episode on acid. I give these uh, coffee cakes to all my friends on their birthdays, Christmases, and stuff like that, and they still like me a lot because it's the greatest coffee cake. What are you laughing at? They're the best. Well, he I'm was a- about to do it again, and then he restrained himself. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Mikey's in a good mood. Let's not fuck with you, that. You know, can I tell you, you know, something? You, you, you guys are like kids. Kids. Like little kids. <laughs> playing radio. Wee. So get out of my fort. Oh, man. That's, uh, that's pretty aggressive right there. It's not even a microaggression. Did I do the Pro Automotive Has the Cure thing? You yet? certainly did. Would you like to do it again? FanDuel, too, is another one of our sponsors. FanDuel, By the way, they're, they're not just a sports book. They're the best sports book. I'll you, tell you about that in a few minutes when I think of more things to say about them. <laughs> like how great their app is now, huh, Ben? How about that app? That it's fantastic. App. It's a fantastic app. App-tastic. Uh, anyway... Uh, Mike, oh yeah, okay. So speak pipe. So you got you got that that, that lady. Oh, the speak pipe. I thought that was a lady called in on speak pipe, no, but no, that's a Randy no, Weingarten thing. She's yeah. a commie. Well, we're in, we're in Randy's. Uh, she's the education secretary. She's a commie. She's turning out some winners, boy. And she's a bitch. Yeah. Who is this? Randy Weingarten, the uh, head of the teachers union. Oh. Yeah. My, you know, we were supposed to have Bill Burt in here tonight. And Bill. I was confused. I thought it was Bill Burr. 
Well, that would have been exciting. You know, because he's funny. Oh, that's how I thought it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. In my mind, I'm thinking, Bill Burr, yeah, he's funny. Didn't he had a big show at Fenway? This whole yeah. Then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Bill Burt, he used to be on the big show with me. He's the oh, Eagle very, Tribune very sports editor. Very totally, totally yeah. different guy. He has, not, he has two first names. Not particularly funny. Bill and Burt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, my least favorite actor in the history of acting, Burt Convy. Well, we like Burt. Who's that? Super I don't really know any of these people. So Bill Burt is not going to be here tonight. He canceled again. I'm beginning to think he doesn't like me. Maybe he has long COVID. I don't know. You know, we could ask his doctor. Is he, does he have a long COVID? <laughs> average, very average. No, but he. The thing is that. <laughs> is there such a thing as thick COVID? Well, I asked. The thing there, is, it could be girth. When he didn't feel well three weeks ago, I said, "Well, we'll I'll get back to you." You know, now it's three weeks later. I call him. He goes, "You know, I still don't feel good." Oh. I don't think he likes me. See, it might be long COVID. Mm. No, I think you're onto something. Then again, yeah, you might be onto something. I don't think he likes you at all. Maybe. Just trying to say, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Jeez, uh, how do I get out of this? Yeah. So uh, you know, we'll just we, we'll just get uh, we'll get back to him sometime down the road. <laughs> and when he comes, we'll have a splendid yeah. time when he arrives. It's twenty twenty seven now, Bill. Do you feel okay? <laughs> We're still gonna be doing the pick, show then. Pick a Tuesday, any Tuesday in twenty twenty six, and and it's yours, Bill. I'd like to apologize for the behavior of the no, host he knows of the show. Oh my God, jeez. So my dog got shaved. I told you this, didn't I? I saw that picture. It really hurts my feelings that I had to go through that. No, how short is the hair on your dog? Short, totally short. It's like a buzz cut. Shorter than your hair. Now, and and uh, Timmy had uh, Tim- long hair. Timothy, well, he's a Sheltie. Yeah. For God's sake, of course, yeah. So they shaved all of him? They shaved everything. They left some around his ears, you know, some fluff around his ears. But it's, so it's just this little shel- Sheltie face and this body of a rat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a skin... Poor Timothy, an this rat. Why did he have to be shaved? Well, he uh, had gone. He had torn his Achilles, you know, and uh, so he couldn't go to the. We couldn't get him to go into the car or any of that stuff and move. He was, he was in pain. Yeah. To go to the groomer, and normally Shelties you groom them twice a year for sure because they're they're hairy, mm-hmm. and it's the undercoat. You know, it's like whew. so. For about a year, or however long it was, he couldn't go to the groomer, and he had all these fur balls, and it, he was just a mess. A Rasta dog, he looked like. You know? He looked like if Bob Marley in his prime was a dog, he would have looked like Timothy. In any event, so the lady came, we did the park and bark. Yeah. You got the bark dump. Yeah. Lady came to the driveway, pulled up, you know, because we could get him into the, you know. So then she says, I'm going to have to shave him. Mm-hmm. I said, shave these too while you're at it. No, oh, hold on. no I didn't say she, that. So, so, how short did she go down there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a buzz cut. Oh, nice. So, he's totally, I mean, and, and my son, Will, who's very, very, he's had that dog since he was two. Yep. He was very upset. Oh, yeah. He, I said, go pet him. He feels, he, he's lonely now. He th- thinks no one likes him because he has no fur. And my son said, I don't want to pet him. <laughs> he didn't even want to pet the poor little dog. Oh, so, poor Timothy. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get over. Hey, I, uh, I'm going to say congratulations to the UConn Huskies and their program. Oh. I, I'm, I'm, I've been tied into that program for a long, long time. I go way back. When I started covering the UConn Huskies, Cliff Robinson was on the team. It was 1988, <laughs> you know, 80, 87, 89. 
and uh, Clifford, they used to play in the field house. This is before they had a Gamble Pavilion, before they, before they became a big ticket item at the Hartford Civic Center, you know, the, the Yukon Huskies. I mean, let's face it, Jim Calhoun came in and put that program on the map, while Gino Oriema came in, took the women's program, and put that on the map. They had the two best programs in the country in both genders, male and female basketball. They became the hub of college basketball for mm. a long period of time. Their fifth national championship, they're 5-0 and in championship games. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And Jim Calhoun is a friend of mine. We had the same agent back in Hartford. He's a, you know, I played in his golf tournament. I love Jim Calhoun. Mm. And he did all that, and then Kevin Ollie came along. And let me tell you the story about how I almost killed Kevin Ollie. Oh, oh my God. Hold on. It's time for a story. It's a story time. Here's a story Here from Mike Adams. I'm playing in the John Nobilski, or the Harry Nobilski, Harry the Cat Memorial Golf Tournament in uh, Hebron, Connecticut. And they have all the Connecticut celebrities come in, and they, they used to bring me down from Boston. And play in that golf tournament. So I'm in a, in a group uh, of golfers right behind the group of Kevin Ali. After he won a championship, and I think it was 2014. Yeah, I believe so. And the next year or the year after, whatever, there's this golf tournament. He's right in front of me. Now, there's a blind. The, the first hole is a blind par five. So you hit your tee shot, but you don't know what's on the other side of the hill. Ooh. You can't see. So I waited. We waited. We waited. Okay, go ahead. You can hit. And I crushed one. I mean, I hit one of the longest drives in my life. And I, we got over the hill. All these guys are scattered. The guy drives up to me. He goes, you almost killed him. The ball missed him by five feet. Holy crap. I said, oh, really? This is right after he won a championship. I can see it in the newspaper. Stupid sportscaster kills <laughs> championship Be- coach with coach. golf ball, you know, without look. So I, went over, I drove over to Kevin. I said, I'm really sorry. You know, he goes, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it missed me by five feet. That's in golf. That's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Kevin Ollie won a championship with them. Calhoun won what three? Ollie won one, and now Hurley wins one. By the way, my, I had a roommate when I was eighteen years old, and his name was Dan Hurley. Dan. It wasn't the same guy. No. Different guy completely. But the guy that that I lived with, Dan Hurley, was the consummate bullshitter. <laughs> I mean, everything he ever said was bullshit. I'll, t- I'll give you an example. All right. uh, we're sitting around, I don't know, we're smoking dope or something one night, and, it, and I look, and his, his watch, the, his watch, the face of his watch, the crystal was cracked. I said, "What happened to your watch?" He goes, "Vietnam." I said, well, "What?" He says, "I was in." That's when it happened to me when I was in Vietnam. I said, "You were in Vietnam?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah." I was sitting like this, and he showed me. He was sitting cross-legged, and he goes, "And a bullet." came right off the face of the watch and deflected. He goes, it would have gone right through my chest. Total bullshit. <laughs> I said, really? Oh, okay. Oh, man, are you kidding? He said, he made up that whole story. Yep. Then he said, oh, we're, outside. we're outside one day having a catch. You know, we had baseball, a couple of gloves. We're throwing the ball around. I said, oh, you throw pretty good. Did you ever play ball? He goes, I played semi-pro. <laughs> I said, for whom? He says, Bristol Red Sox. I'm thinking to myself, well, that's pro. Yeah. That's not semi-pro. And the, the people that get paid to play baseball know the difference between semi-pro and, and pro. pro. Yeah. So he's telling me pitch for the Bristol Red Sox or some bullshit. Everything he said was bullshit. It was unbelievable. Did you ever confront them and say, hey, you know, I'm tired of your bullshit? Yeah, one, one, like one of our roommates, Ray, Ray, who was like a hippie kid, he was funny as hell. 
One day we're driving around, probably still smoking dope, you know, and, and Ray says to him, Dan starts to tell another one of these stories. And Ray, and Ray Card goes, Dan, man, we like you, man, but, you know, you got to stop bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was great. He went right to the right to the core of the problem. Now, that I haven't seen that Dan Hurley in 40 years, mm. probably, 30-something years. He might be listening to this podcast That's right okay, now. Because yeah. he knows he was bullshitting about the watch <laughs> and the Vietnam and the, and the Bristol Red. I mean... The, I'm a baseball guy. You can tell, played semi-pro, he says. <laughs> right? Weak or what, huh? Hey, speaking of baseball. Like, um... I don't really bullshit. Oh, okay. I won, the one time I bullshitting was when I had Raquel Welch nude in my room. Oh, I was that, telling her no, that I was a You mean lawyer. That, that wasn't the truth? No. Oh, shit. Well, That's the... the only time I ever told a bullshit. Now, listen, speaking of baseball, um, what do you think of the new rules? Well, you know, we should get Bill Lee on the podcast and ask him what he thinks. I think several things. First of all, yeah, they're going to steal a lot of bases, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're big bases. I learned something. And the pitchers can't throw over there as much as, as they used to. They steal a base when there's a left-handed batter with a right-handed catcher. Is that, is that how that works? Catchers are always right-handed. So, like, yeah, so they're... The guy will be in his way, so it's the best time to steal a base when that situation happens. Well, because that, he has difficulty getting the ball out. That's part of it. But plus, if there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound, they have a, a much more difficult pickoff move because they're not facing the runner. Mm-hmm. The left-handed pitcher is looking right at that runner at first base. Whap. The, the right-handed pitcher has to look over his shoulder, and, you know, get some kind of signal. You know, he's, throw it over there. <laughs> but they can't. They have rules now about how many times you can throw over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's changed the game. And watch what. The stolen base does statistically to the games themselves. Mm. I like the fact that the pitch clock is, is shaped 27 minutes per game off. Something like that. Perfect. I like that. You don't have to sit there and wait when they exactly. get ready to bat. so obnoxious. And all you want is the pitcher and the hitter to say, act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay? You you come up there with a plan. You've watched all the tape. You know what he's going to throw. Get in there and hit. you got 20 seconds. Come on. No more drama. Oh, yeah, And they crap. step out for the, to be on camera, you know, and they... Uh, it's a, that's a good rule, the pitch clock. I don't know about the stolen bases stuff. And not, it's not action. Throwing, it's good. It's good. Yeah, but not the, throwing over there. It, it does change the complexion of the scenario. They'll adjust that. Yeah. They'll figure a way to adjust that. I yeah. think not this the, year. Key but, word is what you just said, action. There's movement. There's stuff going on. Yeah. needed that. Well, Raditz told me one time, Bert Campanaris used to steal off him all the time. You know, he was quick. Campy Campanaris. And he, he said to Dick Stewart, uh, he called him over. He goes, Next time he leads on first base, don't catch the ball because he was going to throw at the at the runner, <laughs> hit hit him with a ninety mile an hour fastball, you know. And then this rat says, "Not like Stewart was counting on catching the ball anyway." They called him Doctor Strange Glove because he couldn't catch shit. Oh man, you know, Stewart, first base. So he threw it, hit him, and he hit Campy in the neck when he was diving back into the back into the back. He just oh, hit him in the neck. And he, he said, I saw him like six years later, you know, at, a, at a autograph signing. He pointed to his neck. <laughs> Still hurts. Oh, anyway. Uh, but the baseball rules, yeah, I think yeah. they're generally pretty good. And, and anything to, you know, re-engage the uh, attention deficit disorder youth of America. Well, not only that, I think everybody else that is playing the game is a lot more focused now. Well, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know. I used to have a Ford Focus. I remember that. You the know, black one. It was a black one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know who's got one just like it? Thornton. Jerry Thornton. Jerry Thornton, yeah. Good taste. 
Yeah, well, I had a really good. I had really good luck with my Ford Foci. Yeah, that's the plural of Focus. Mm. <laughs> I had two of them. <laughs> I had the Focus ST, a silver one, two thousand six, and Ooh. that thing wh- whipped. It was fast. Yeah. Stick shift too. They don't make stick shifts anymore. Now you could take that one to Pro Automotive, and they if there was something wrong with it, they'd fix it right you know, up. You know who still? Oh, stick shifts. No one have them. They're all fat. You know who loves them though? Who? Lesbians. Really? Um, the. <laughs> So I did the Kevin Ollie story, right? Yes, you did that. You can cross, old story. You can cross that one off. I have a list. Yeah. Okay, now, do you guys know who Richard Deacon is? Uh, let's see. If, let's. You wouldn't know, but Dick Smitty Deacon. might know. Dick Deacon. Richard Deacon. I don't know. Dick do you have Richard. any idea? No. All right, can you call up a picture of Richard Deacon and the IMDB? Call it up. Call it Richard Deacon, IMDB. We're going to have some fun with Richard Deacon. Is he one of those guys that plays a lot of different characters? Yes. Yeah. Richard Deacon. There he is right here. That's not him. This is him right here. Okay. Do you know who he was? I'm going to have to look. You're going to have to yeah. jump up here, Smitty, just look. Because you know you're going to say exactly who this is. Oh, yeah. He was on, uh, he was just on. Uh, on He's uh, dead. Boy, he just died today? No, let's see. It's... 1984. <laughs> Richard He's Deacon been... was. He was just a guest on the. Uh, oh, he was on the Dick Van Dyke show. Yes, he was Mel Cooley. But, Mel, but he was just on um, Matt the Match Game. You can see it on Buzzer. I keep telling he you wasn't about Buzzer. The just old... on anything. Well. He's been dead for 39 years. <laughs> well, this is from okay. Ma- Match Game 74. Now, just sc- slowly scroll through this. Go, go backwards. His most recent works were The Love Boat. That's probably the 80s, right? What a voice on that guy. Yeah, his well, final, uh, he, the Hoboken Chicken Emergency. That was his final role. Yeah. <laughs> and he was on Still, he was in, in a movie, in a, a made-for-TV thing called Still the Beaver. Alice, which was The Love Boat. Before this shaving thing. Came. You got any audio of him over there? Um, but a, but a here's clip? the thing. Yeah. Go, go further, in the 60s, he was in everything. He was, yeah. Richard Deacon, and he was gay. No one knew it because back then no one knew anything about. It. Now you you know everybody who's gay. Of course, yeah. Because they you know they they put it up front on the billboard, but he was in, he was on the Jackie Gleason show. He was on Get Smart. He was on uh, Danny Thomas. I Dream of Jeannie. Keep going. He was on the uh, the well Dick Van Dyke show. He did eighty two episodes as Mel Cooley. Yeah. <laughs> he was on the Adams Family. I mean, if there was a series, Richard Deacon. Was in it. He must be like bald headed. He must the be monsters, Mister Ed, Twilight yeah. Zone. Jeez, I, I bet he was one of those guys that everybody liked. Yeah, that's why they, they especially invited the him gay up. the gay people loved well, him because he <laughs> was gay too. Well, so twenty three episodes of Leave It to Beaver. Imagine that. Wow, isn't that funny? Yeah, he he played Clarence Rutherford, uh, Lumpy Rutherford's dad. On, on Leave It to Beaver. Now let me ask you, why Fred, did Clarence, Richard, my son Clarence, why did Richard Deacon's name come up today? Well, it, it, because I was watching a TV show. I don't know if it was a. It might have been. A, I've been watching a lot of Gunsmoke lately. I got this kind of posthumous crush on Miss Kitty. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. I do. Crazy un- redhead. Unfortunately, I do. A, And on that show, of course, you know who had a lot of uh, parts in that series was uh, Burt Reynolds. Before really? he was famous, he played the uh, the blacksmith. He was a half Indian, half wow. uh, white man. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, and he was the, uh, the yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know why he. I just brought him because I, when I looked at his IMDb, I said, "Wow, this guy was in every single series." 
Richard what? Deacon. Deacon. Yeah. Richard and Deacon. no one knows who. Now they do. Yep. See? We've done something nice here mm-hmm. for people. Now, one episode of Gunsmoke in 1957. That's the one I watched. Gunsmoke. He played the gay bartender. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, All right, so I want to tell you a little bit about, because I've been doing uh, the, the, the fan duel. Yeah. Yeah, the betting stuff. They have a new app, you know, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, people are talking about that app. And now, you know, here we are, baseball season. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're back, and there's no better place to get into the action with your betting stuff. Then FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official partner of Major League Baseball. Oh. <laughs> Our it, customers in Massachusetts now can, can do it legally. I'm sending you off to the ballpark. Go ahead. Take me out to the ball game. A little ambience. I wish Harry Carey hadn't died. Well, this is Harry Carey. Uh, anyway, I'm back to the FanDuel stuff here. Good. You can uh, get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets. It's guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet, which yes. isn't much. Go ahead. You know, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Keep going. Sign up at FanDuel. <laughs> Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston to get in on that deal, that $200 deal. It's a good one. Uh, the app is great. It's up and running. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You get your chance to win the 200 bucks or get the 200 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, and it's a guarantee. That's a good deal. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more exciting. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. And remember this. This is the most important part. Right, this ahead. is what we call a disclaimer. Go ahead. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hope is here. Oh, gamblinghelpline, ma.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support if you think you have a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I'd give you that number again, but it's one, two, three, four, and everybody can remember that. It's good. One, two, three, four. So when they call that that number, then they'll know that they heard that message from Mike Adams. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's right. That's how that works. Is that right? Oh, yeah. (coughs) Yep. We're having some fun tonight, aren't we, huh, here in the podcast? Is there ever been a podcast that we did that really, at one time or another, for a few minutes, wasn't fun? No, the best one was with the uh, pistachios. Yeah, with a worm. The yeah. episode that it disappeared. That vanished. The yeah. missing episode. <laughs> yeah. We could recreate Which it. Which would have been the greatest episode yeah, ever. We could recreate no it. You buy these pistachios, I'll bring the worms. Mike, he was crying like a little girl with those worms. Remember all over the place? Crying. No, I, I was, don't cry. That was terrible. I don't cry. That was so embarrassing. You're lying. <laughs> if I'm crying, you're lying. No, I'm bullshitting like your friend. Dan, Dan Hurley. <laughs> Dan Hurley. <laughs> That's a true story. He had a little Lhasa Apso dog that used to shit on the rug, but not his rug, my rug. He'd come into my bedroom and take a shit and then leave. Did he have a story about that? Smart dog. Well, one day I get up. This is Dan Hurley again. This is the bullshitting guy. <laughs> this is a true story. I, 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 I smell, what the hell? I wake up to this, and he's trotting out of the room, this little Lhasa Apso. He looked like a dust mop. He was gross. He'd come shit in my room. So I go chasing after him. You know, I grab like a broom or something. I'm like, God damn it, and I'm running after this dog. And he ran into Dan, <coughs> Dan Hurley's room. So I bust in there to get this dog. And Dan Hurley's on the bed with his girlfriend having sex. Oh, and I'm under the bed with his broom going to kill this dog. 
Don't mind me. I'm just killing your dog. Those son of a bitch. Shit. He, uh, Did Dan say anything? You know, you can that? call a dog a son of a bitch, and they don't even get mad because it's true. Well. Dan was not, he didn't, he didn't look up. His okay. girlfriend did, though. <laughs> yep. All right, sorry. I'm going crazy with this stuff. <laughs> so I'm listening to, uh, right, so I got to tell you my bad experience with the Celtics. Should I do that now? Celtics? Bad, bad experience. Yeah. I had a, now, again, I, I say this, I love the Celtics. I've always loved the Celtics since I was a little, tiny, little kid, Bob Cousy fan, mm-hmm. Bill Russell. Love the Celtics. It's the only team I love. It's the only NBA team I care about at all. A one iota. So, uh, I I have two sons now, and they wanted to go to the Celtics game. And I, you know, I said, okay. You brought your boys to the game. I brought my boys to the game. That's but great. Now, they, gone are the days of, you know, I mean, look, look, I'm not name dropping here, but I know the owners. Yeah. Wick and Steve. Mm-hmm. I know the president, Rich, Rich Gotham. I know public relations director for 40 years, Jeff Twist. They're all friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I know these people. But I don't call them and say, can I get some free tickets? Because <laughs> I don't. that's just cheap and weird and stupid. Do you think they'd give them to you if you asked for them? Uh, yeah, they have. They've been, you know, they've, they've, <laughs> I've done nothing that they, they can hate me for. Okay. Not yet. No. But it's a different world now, okay? So I... I planned this big Celtics trip. I, I, I call Ace Ticket. Reputable company. Yep. No, nobody nobody will question that. Good people. <clears throat> I didn't call them. I went on their, their website. I said, okay, because this, this was a late move by me for my son's birthdays, which were the last week in March. All they had left for this last this game, the Utah game on Saturday the 31st, Friday the 31st of, of March was... You know, not that many tickets. So I say, okay, I'll grab these ones here. Four hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guess where they were? Well, how much were the tickets, and then how much were the fees? Because uh, the fees are like ninety-five dollars. Well, it wasn't going. It wasn't that much. You know, uh, again, we're talking Ace Ticket. They're a pretty reputable firm. They, they, they were more. You know, because they have to make. The, otherwise, why, why would they be in business, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the <clears throat> section three twenty-two. The very back row, row fifteen, like you section. You couldn't get three. any further no, back. You, you couldn't. Right above me was the ceiling. You're against the, the wall. Against the wall yeah. to my back, and and uh, and uh, above me was above me was the ceiling. I mean, I was way way up there. I'm like, look at those little players down there. You can almost see their numbers. It was anyway. That, that's that's beside the point though, because I had a hard time getting to the seats. Here's why. I don't know if you know this, but you can't bring a vaporizer. I do, I do. I don't smoke butts anymore. I, I use these little vapes. Mm-hmm. You know. Now this little vape unit here costs fifty-seven dollars, and it's good. I had I went just like it, a blue one, mm-hmm. just like it. Uh, and I'm walking into the area where the metal detectors are, and every time I put my keys and my wallet and okay and here's my vape and here's my stuff I put it on the counter because you walk through then you take it back the lady says oh you can't bring the vape the vaporizer in there I said well, why not I mean, I mean I'm not going to use it I said it's just it's in my pocket it happens to be in my pocket because mm-hmm. I'm a vapor yeah no you can't bring it in there. I said that, that's ridiculous I said no do they take away people's cigarettes when they come in you know I mean no, that's if they good, want yeah. no smoking in there I understand 
Bust people who you catch vaping, not people who happen to have. They must have got 500 vaporizers that night. If that's what they do, they collect them, they take them and confiscate them. Well, that's how they make money. And I said to the lady, then the lady, I was giving her kind of a hard time saying, well, what? I, I was in here last year. Well, and hold on. Then, they took it? You didn't get it back? No, they, they wanted to take it. or they. So then they call over this lady, this manager, this security manager, fucking Karen. And that was really her name. I asked her after this incident, what's your name? She said, Karen. I said, oh, that figures. Oh, boy. She said, well, you okay, you have a choice. You can go back to your car and put your vapor in the car. Now, you know, you're, in the, you're up on the third floor of the, of the TD Garden. With your son. Now you got to go down the elevator, get on the elevator, go down the parking lot, find your car in the parking lot. Put the, oh, come on, are you serious? She goes, that's your, that's your choice. Or you can just not go to the game. But you didn't know this going in. I didn't know it going in. They, know, they never said anything. There's no sign that says, hey, we're going to confiscate your vaporizers. Mm. But they did. So instead of making my sons walk all the way to the car, and the game was about to start, you know, it's like, I said, you know what? Take the fucking vape. <laughs> $57. It's not like, you know, okay, you took my cigarette pack, which is 10 bucks or whatever. You know, you're confiscating stuff that's of no use to you. And plus, I wasn't going to even use it in there. I mean, you know... So the, I was pissed right then, going in. I was like, okay. Then we get to the well, do, 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 all the way to the top of the building. I'm like, holy shit, $477. I can't even see the players from up there. Terrible. Terrible seats. Now, by, by the way, we stopped at McDonald's on the highway. It's $28. We get $58 to park. Mm. So I'm already 100 bucks into this thing before I even get in the building. Then $57 vaporizer she takes away from me. I haven't even watched one dribble, and I and I got all this money piling up. There we go. You know, of course, my boys want to get some popcorn and some sodas. Hot dog, twelve bucks. Soda, eight bucks. Twenty bucks for a hot dog and a soda. <laughs> I'm going. This is unbelievable. You were having a bad day, this Mike. This is a seven hundred dollar night, and I can't see the game. You know, this is ridiculous. What a ripoff. I mean, I'm thinking to myself. That's what. I'm, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I'm thinking this is a this NBA is a ripoff. Why? So these guys can get thirty million dollars a year, and I'm way up here. Awful. So then the lady gets out there. It's Tommy Heinsohn night. They're honoring the late Tommy Heinsohn, who I knew and you know was on my shows and all that stuff. I, I knew him pretty well. He's a good guy. Great guy. Yep. And they got the pictures of Tommy. They're going to honor him. And the lady gets out there. She's the PR uh, on the court with a microphone. And they show her on the big screen, and she's welcome everybody. Blah blah blah. Tommy Heinz, that she says, Tommy Heinsohn. We honor as we honor Tommy Heinsohn. Oh, man. I'm thinking she works for the Celtics. She's doing the PR. She's got the microphone. Everybody can see her. Everybody also knows that it's Tommy Heinsohn, not Heinsohn. Yeah. And she, so she looks like the biggest asshole in the building, and she might be for all I know. <laughs> she she seemed nice, but when you say that and you're doing a Celtics PR job. Somebody made a mistake by hiring you, and you made a mistake by not knowing what you're talking about. This is a Hall of Famer. You would think she would have at least rehearsed the script and someone say, hey. Uh, it was attached to the organization for 50-plus years. Uh, you, there's no excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever. So Beloved. I'm thinking, okay, well, how did she get that job? Now, again, I'm not knocking the Celtics organization. Somebody made a mistake along the way, though, with her. And she clearly did, and embarrassed herself. And everybody in the place just looked at each other, groaning. Oh, what? Oh, come on, are you serious? That's like you know, uh, 
that's like not knowing the name of one of the Beatles, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. When you're a, a, a disc jockey. Yeah, Paul McCarthy, John yeah. Lennon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe Stars. Well, you know who's really good in that Beatle band was that Paul McCarthy guy. He was excellent. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so now $28 in the McDonald's, $58 to park, $12 hot dogs, $8 popcorn. So you could get a soda for 10 bucks if you wanted the bigger one. I got the little <laughs> shitty one for 6 bucks. Felt, felt real good about that. Here's the other thing. You go to buy, to buy all the food, there's no cash allowed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I learned that one the hard way. Oh. No cash. Now, I got 150 bucks in my wallet thinking, okay, Ooh, this is a big spend. I, I know. I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to buy. No, okay, I'm going to whip out the card, and then you put the card in, and it gives you an option mm-hmm. right away. To leave a tip? T- yeah, tip, uh, tip uh, 12%, 15%, 20%. You have a choice of how much tip you're going to leave, or you, or you can press other. I guess that's when you put 0% if, you're, yeah. you, know, if you want to. No, that's but what they, you do. It's not yeah. visible till you hit other. And I'm thinking, okay... I just spent twenty bucks on a hot dog and a coke, and if I'm going to, if it's twelve percent, then two dollars and forty cents is going to go to this person who poured the coke for me, you know. And I'm like, this sucks. And I didn't want to, you know, my kids. I mean, my kids are there. I don't want to be a jerk. So I just hit twelve percent. But she poured a coke, and she's going to get two dollars and forty cents. For a 30-second transaction. On yep. top of what she makes, which is not... She's not making a server's wage. She's making a legitimate, you know, probably 17, 18, 20, whatever dollars an hour. It's not like she's making what a server makes. What, what are they, like $3 an hour? Something like that, yeah. yeah well, yeah, because they get screwed because of tip money, you know. But, but, but anyway, so I guess you're getting the picture on this now. Now, the Celtics won, mm-hmm. so that's a good thing. Did you and stay for the entire I game? I saw Eddie Palladino, who's the... Announcer mm-hmm. for the arena, and he's a great guy and a good friend. I've known him for years. <clears throat> I saw, uh, I saw Wick. I didn't say hi because he he was in the seat I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and right when I got off the elevator with my boys, Jeff Rogers, who's the oh, the PR from, the yeah, from Doctor Robert, from Doctor Leonard, and Doctor uh, uh, Matthew Lepresti, the hair, Leonard hair transplant. He was right there in the elevator. I said, oh, Jeff, hey, hey, you know, and he was really nice to my kids. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had some happy moments. And, you know, Lenny Megliola, who was on with me every single night, his son is like a vice president over there now, mm-hmm. Christian. He's doing really well. Wow. Uh, you know, I love the Celtics organization. And so I'm not bad-mouthing them. But I sure am bad-mouthing this experience that I had. And, and it's all about the money. And the, uh, is it worth it? Mm. You know, it wasn't to me. Boom. End of story. Well, that was, that was an honest sorry, uh, assessment. Yeah. Sorry you had a rough outing. <laughs> no, you're not. Did your boys have a good you, time? You don't give a fiddler's fuck when I have no. a did you, <laughs> Not really. Did your boys have a good time? Well, yeah. I mean, except that they, they couldn't see either. Yeah. They were sitting right with me. Uh, but I told them, I said, you know what? I don't care what it costs. Next time we go to a Celtics game, we're going to sit right down there behind Eddie Palladino. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had really, some really good seats. I've been on the... The Jumbotron a thousand times. I did that whole five-minute dance on the Jumbotron nude <laughs> and didn't even get thrown out. You remember that? Well, because they couldn't tell. Couldn't tell what? You were nude. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You trying to be you trying to make fun of my uh, appendage? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. All right, I'll show it to you right now. Stand back. <laughs> uh, okay, so now... Wait, is there more? Is there more? No, no, there's not more. 
Uh, I was listening to Cedric Maxwell. Oh, you have more. Okay. You know, I just want to just mention this because you know the, you remember Cedric Maxwell stole my keys at WEI and we had to go to his yeah. House. I fucking remember that because you drove me over there in your what did you have a Prius? Yeah, yeah, silver Prius. I think you took me over there and dr- to get my keys from Cedric Maxwell, who took my keys from the studio, so I couldn't go home. He didn't have a car. We had to go to the Common at six o'clock, whatever it was, six thirty <laughs> on a spring day. Traffic time. It's fucking awful. It was, and then he took thirty minutes to come down and give me back my keys, Cedric Maxwell. But I love the guy. <laughs> okay, and here's what happened. I li- I'm listening to the radio. And this was after the Celtics trounced the Bucks a few days ago. Yeah. P- the Poofessa, he says, I can't believe the Celtics come in here and they just plummet the Bucks. <laughs> Pummel. He was looking. Now, there's a lot of common letters in plummet <laughs> and pummel. And pummel. But he. He did the oh, professor wait, treatment on it. What are you saying? You never made a mistake on air? Never. You've never said the wrong word? I can't believe the Celtics came in here and just plummeted the bu- <laughs> the, the Bucks. And I, I, actually, I actually recorded it on my phone. I said to myself, I got to, I got to talk about this on a podcast because it's so, it's so Cedric Maxwell. Isn't I had it? my picture taken with him out in the hallway. Yeah, he's tall, and now he's a giant. I, I couldn't believe how big he was. Only six eight. I stood next to him. And said, Holy crap! Yeah. Who's the tallest person you ever saw? Uh, the tallest person I ever saw in person was, you familiar with the wrestler The Big Show? Yeah. He was like legitimately 7'1 or something like that. I saw oh. him in the airport in Dallas. That's not very tall. The biggest human being I've ever seen. His <laughs> Doesn't <head>. look real. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like a Volkswagen. Well, I, I told you, and I, I'm not going to repeat the story, but I told you when I met Manute Bull upstairs at the Celtics game, right? Yes, he was yeah. sitting on... Sitting he on, was downstairs? He, he, <laughs> he was... We were upstairs, and he's sitting on a folding chair, and we're, we're eye-to-eye level, and he's sitting on a folding chair. It's like... I was like, wow. This guy, and that's when I accidentally spit the peanuts and hit him in the face. <laughs> But I told that nicest guy ever. Now he's dead too, and his son's that's uh, right. He is Bulbul. Bulbul. Why would you name your kid? That's not like me having a kid named Adams Adams, right? Adam Adams. Okay, now let me tell you about my African. Um, uh, my Af- excuse me. No, my African lift passenger. I had today. She was from Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. And how's it? Here's how I found out. Okay. I pick up this woman. Mm-hmm. I said, "Where are we going?" You know, because I'm always the same with you. How you doing? Okay, where are we going? She didn't know. <coughs> she um, she says, "Let me check my app." She had a very thick, uh, you know, accent, mm-hmm. and uh, she says, "S T S S U T I go Sturbridge. She goes, "Yeah, yes." Wasn't Sturbridge. We headed to. <laughs> The map told me to go the other way from Sturbridge. I said, well, what? I said, we're going the wrong way. I said, spell the name of the town, the city. She, I said, what city are we going to? She didn't know. Because, yep. you know, normally you pick somebody up. They know the city they're going to, at least. Yep. They don't even know the address. It's entered in the app. She, it was Sudbury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sudbury, Massachusetts. Yeah. It wasn't Sturbridge. Yep. She's trying to spell it and say it, but she couldn't read it and understand it well. So we're going towards. So I had her spell it. She says S O T U S U. Ah, the poor woman. And you would have oh, taken her and dropped her off in Sturbridge. Sudbury, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So then I said to her, I'm curious now. I said, because she really had a hard time speaking English. And, and most of the people that come here from Africa, I pick up a lot of people from Africa, and mm-hmm. they, they, they speak pretty well. Yeah. I said, where, where are you from? She says, Africa. Yeah. I said, well, what country? She says, Africa is Africa. <laughs> there you go. I said, well, no, those countries. I said, was it Nigeria, Kenya, Congo? She says, Africa. Okay, you're from Africa. I get it. All right. But you know what? <clears throat> get a grip because you're not going to get around very easy until you know what a city is. Well, maybe she just well, why don't you go to her country and see if you can get around? <laughs> no, thank you. I don't, I don't, I've, I'm, you know, I've never been to Africa. I've never been to Australia. I've never been to Asia. I've only been to two continents. No, that'd be a good show. Mike Adams, Lyft driver. In Africa. <laughs> I've only been to two continents. Imagine that. North America and Europe. That's it. Mm. Soon I'll be in incontinence. Uh, the, you know, stage of my life. Um, we have a, another podcast called 15 Minutes of Shame that we'd like you all to listen to. It's doing very well, by the way. It might yeah. be even doing better than this podcast. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah. Award-winning. Oh. Right? Multiple. <clears throat> it's available wherever you get your... Can I get an echo on this? Stand by, please. Hold on. <clears throat> 15. Go, Mike. 15 Minutes of Shame, available wherever you get your podcasts and your podcasts FM. There you go. Pretty good, huh? It's like the movie theater. Um, do you guys have anything you'd like to say before I close out this program? No. no. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to. Got nothing it. to say. Um, we, we do have a, a special feature, though. We, you know how we always uh, close out the show with Joe and Jerry. We thought we'd surprise them. And have Ben pick the song and don't tell them and just see if they do if they can do this. Wow, you know S- something new. Yeah, and and you know there's a good chance they don't even know the song. Ben picks it out. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away, Joe? Oh, fuck. I, I, I don't... I don't know the song. Is there more words than that? This isn't right. I don't know this song. Oh, yeah! Where everybody knows your name, Joe! Jesus Christ, they're always glad you came, especially the prostitutes. You want to be where you can see your, your troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name, Joe. Can you believe it? At Shaw's. Roll out of bed, the coffee's dead, and the morning's looking bright. The morning's looking bright. And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. I got some shrinkage myself here, Troop. Be glad there's only one place in the world where everybody knows your fucking name. And you always glad. I gotta get out of here, Joe. I just pooped my pants.